traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hey guys, Chingo Chats is exclusive for our patrons. However, every once in a while, we crank out a real spicy episode where we want to give you a free tamal, a free taste test. And this is one of those episodes. We're going to put it out to the masses. We got to spread the word, y'all. Thank you guys for being the best part of this whole show, the audience. That's right, all the patrons, all the members of the TIA. Don't forget, if you have not signed up, please join us at patreon.com forward slash Red Pill Tamales. With no more interruptions, here is your bonus episode. Sass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Chingo Chats. Leave your politics at the door. Even though I was like looking at Twitter up until the time when Rob's like, are you ready? Are you ready now? Are you ready now? And I'm like, look at these motherfuckers. Can you hear me now? Yeah. So my blood pressure, um, I got a clean bill of health, uh, just a little bit of cholesterol. But um, I thought he was going to say, hey, man, you got to get off Twitter, bro. I'm surprised you didn't. <laughs> to tell you the truth. Everything's good, man. I'm squeaky clean, and uh, you know we're on the up and up. So, but yeah, keep these lefties away from me for my mental health. Yeah, man. Uh, you got your tour dates in front of you, by chance? Oh yes, sir. I am a stand-up comedian. Freedom of speech tour is coming to an end. Only a few cities left. If you have not attended one of the shows, don't get sold out. Next stop, October seventh through the tenth, Addison, Texas. Addison Improv. Very intimate. Very very nice comedy club. Low ceilings. It's amazing. Not a bad seat in the house. San Antonio, Texas, October 14th through the 16th at the LOL Comedy Club. Hitting the East Coast, Raleigh, North Carolina, October 24th. Back to the West Coast, Irvine, California, November 3rd. Back to Texas, November 5th through the 7th. Uh, I think we're adding, we might be adding a couple things, but we might leave them for next year. But that's pretty much it, man. Freedom of Speech Tour. Get your tickets now. Chingobling.com. Sass. Very cool. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter. Make sure that you sign up for the Chingo Bling newsletter so you can stay up to date with shows, future shows, last minute shows, added shows, added cities, uh, new episodes, new clips, new, new recipes, merch. new merch. And then obviously, just in case we ever get banned again, you know where yeah. we'll be. If I get deplatformed and shit, you know what I'm talking about? Because, you know, this is America 2021. They done tried to silence Nicki Minaj. We don't know who's next. Yeah. Uh, but hey, we didn't really talk a lot about your HBO experience on RPT because that's more of a Chingo Chat kind of subject. But mm-hmm. um, I was just curious if you had any, now that it's been a couple of days since you got home and you wrapped up, like my sister told me yesterday, she had a great time right at the, I guess, rap party would be right after mm-hmm. everything yeah. and meeting and mingling and talking and obviously back in her like managerial tour manager yeah. role. Had, How did a, you, had her a sports jacket on and stuff. She did? Yeah. Looking like she was on that show. Uh, what's that show with, uh, was it The Rock? The Rock. Didn't he play a show? 30 Rock? We no, talking. man. Didn't he play a show where he was like an agent? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the athlete one. Yeah. I forget the name of that one. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it wasn't that good. Yeah. Yeah, Rock, Rock endorsed Biden. So, yeah, I, I tuned out on him. For sure. Um, hustling ass motherfucker, though. I don't know how he managed to just take over all of everything. Yeah, I took saw, over everything. Saw a clip of him and Ric Flair when The Rock probably first started wrestling. And, uh, it's crazy that that kid went to, you know, what he is now. Yeah, man. Hey, when you were lefty. <laughs> uh, speaking of HBO, uh, I was very nervous that they were going to look at my Twitter feed and be like, oh, my God, this guy's alt-right Latino. You know what I'm saying? Uh, these days, man, when you're dealing with, like, Hollywood-type people, they're very much so on the left. Um, if anybody is conservative, they do not let it be known. I never knew, man. Before I got, like, more into politics... I never knew, I know this is supposed to be non-political, but I never knew that was like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I never knew you had to be a lefty to be in Hollywood, mm, pretty right. much. Like, or you had to be in a closet, you know, especially during the Trump era. It's like Trump, orange man, bad, and CNN is facts. And, you know, Trump's trying to ruin everything. So, yeah, I was very nervous. I'm just like, okay, at one point, they're going to find out and they're going to be like, hey, dude, you can't be on this show. I wonder who was more in the closet when you first got into, into, into entertainment, gay people or conservatives? 
Hey, gay people <laughs> celebrated. <laughs> Not back then, 20 years ago? Oh, okay. Uh, in the 80s? What, what was 20 years ago? The 90s? What the fuck? Yeah, late 90s. I mean, compared to a conservative, though, these I'm, days? Yeah. Because you had, I mean, I guess, you, who were the conservative characters? You had Michael P. Keaton. Was that his name? The son, uh, Michael J. Fox played the son. Mm. On, um, he was like a little Republican. He was on, a fa- was it Family Ties? You, you don't remember that show? No. That's where Michael J. Fox started. Okay. Yeah, it was a very cool sitcom, and he was like a little Republican. And uh, and then who else? Maybe Tim Toolman Taylor? Yep, yep. Tim Tooltime Taylor, whatever his name Tim was. Tim Allen. That's about it. That's about it. Um, and the, these days, they'll consider Joe Rogan all right. Yeah. And this motherfucker weird. liberal as fuck. Yeah. What? I didn't uh, watch Roseanne. I mean, I caught it, but I didn't really get the gist of the show. Did you ever watch it? Yeah, Roseanne was real popular yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Who's the Boss? Yeah. All the sitcoms. But that family, too, right? It, wouldn't that be kind of like the quintessential, like, righty kind of family? Like, working class. Deplorables. Yeah. Neanderthals. Yeah. Flyover state. I guess they, was, they seem kind of like Midwestern. Right. Just flyover state. Old thing, school yeah. values. Yeah. Maybe by today's standards, yeah. Maybe by today's standards. They didn't have a BLM flag up or a rainbow <laughs> flag up. You can't escape it, everybody. You can't. <laughs> this is Chingo it. Chats. But no, nah, but the HBO. China. Come on, man. China. The HBO experience was cool, man, because like all the pressure wasn't on my shoulders. Um, I was just doing a seven minute set, I was part of an ensemble. You know, you get to just pop in, pop out, get your shine on, and bounce. Um, and you know, <clears throat> Steve Trevino did his thing too. I forget how much time he did at the end, but you know, Steve Trevino's a pro, so he definitely killed it, brought the house down. Great, great crowds, beautiful theater. It's right there, like attached. It's called the Lila Cockerel Theater. It's a excuse t- me, come again. Lila Cockerel, not cockroach. Lila Cockerel. Um, that theater is pretty much inside of the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center. Mm -hmm. So you're like pretty much downtown in the convention center. There's like a really cool hotel attached, which I was wondering like, why y'all ain't put us there? Yeah. But they put us at a nice spot, like up the road, like down the street. Nice Quinta. uh, Yeah. No, no, no. It was called the St. Anthony. It was fancy. It was fancy. Like I pretty much damn near went broke tipping everybody. (laughs) everybody you had to tip everybody like it wasn't just one bellboy they gang up on you be like three bellboys and now you handing them a 20 like sorry man can y'all split that yeah right and um the valets too sir we help you boom 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 love your shit hey man we used to jam your shit we still jam you boom 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 and it's like three dudes it's like hey man here go 20 can y'all split that you know what i mean so these bitches looking at me like bitch that's like six dollars and fifty cents fuck you um you're having to tip everybody so Pretty much, man, if they're going to put you somewhere nice like that, just have a whole bunch of fives because every door that gets open, every fucking... Damn, Trump. All right, Mr. Trump. Otherwise, they're going to talk shit about you. Like, Chingo Bling broke ass was up in here. He ain't tipped nobody. He's he's ghetto. In that case, you might as well stay at La Quinta. Exactly. Do your own fucking thing. I didn't, exactly. I didn't, I didn't put myself there. Um, I'm not going to complain. I did feel like a superstar, you know. Um, you have to valet. When you're in those type of areas, and of course you had a nice park across the street full of homeless, so mm. uh, there's that. And you're in a food desert because it's very touristy downtown. It's like, yeah, you have the river walk, but where are you gonna eat at? Uh, Dick's Last Resort, where they cuss you out. Right? I hate that. Concept. Um, what else is there? Like I've never been there. I, I don't think I'd ever want to go to a place like that. Um, it's all junk. It, it's crazy how people are like, yeah, you gotta go to Dick's. <laughs> First of all, it's unfair to people who are named Dick to be associated with being rude. People named Richard. It's, but, uh, it's just dumb. But uh, I love San Antonio, and uh, I will say that... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say I got emotional. But when you go down memory lane, the contrast of you're driving to go get your hair cut or something, or your beard trimmed or something, and you're like, oh, yeah, I used to live here. And then you see the exits like Trinity University next next right and it's like oh shit i went to school here and it's like oh you know i got into student debt but i went down the wrong hallway one day and i realized oh y'all have college radio here and then it's like oh shit i'm able to get a show on here and then that's how i got my pinky toe 
in show business. That's when I started networking, meeting like rappers, record labels, and just getting a feel of the industry, like the DJs and the record stores and all this stuff, that whole ecosystem. And the contrast of like, I started at the flea market on college radio working for free. And now we're filming something from H- for HBO in the same city. Like, yes, a lot of time went by in between. But check this out. <clears throat> at the rap party, I had a little bit of tequila, nice. right? You know, for digestion because uh, I was so hungry during the taping. And they're like, oh, dinner will be here like at nine. I'm like, that's not till after I get off stage or something, right? So you finally get a chance to eat and then you overeat. Because now you're just fucking scarfing. You're just like <laughs> skipping meals and shit. So now I need a little bit of tequila at the rap party because it's like it's a rap party. And, you know, I'm going to let my wife do the wine. I'll do the tequila. Anyway, so a radio person who will go unnamed. Um, I remember him from back in the day. He was out in L.A. Now he's in San Antonio. And um, he's like, what's up, man? I'm just sitting down. I already talked to Paul Rodriguez and everybody. We're just sitting there chopping it up. He's like, hey, what's up, bro? Good job tonight. You know, my parents enjoyed it. You know, um, I work for uh, this big conglomerate radio broadcasting company and this and that. And I'm like, oh, okay, what do you do? He's like, oh, well, I program for these stations, you know, because the budget cuts, they got you handling all types of shit, right? And then I was like, huh. And then a couple names came up, like, hey, have you seen this person? Have you heard from that person, this program director? Is he still in that market? Things like that. And then I just was like, okay, uh, check this out. Let me tell you what this person How many tequilas in are we, are we talking? Only one shot. That's it. And I sipped it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> okay. But I literally gave this dude an earful. He was pro- he was probably uncomfortable. Like, can I leave your office now? Like, am I done being chastised? <laughs> am I fired? Be- yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, this is why I went around radio people. I was like, this is what they did. This is how they behave. Um, I was like, this person was all about payola. This person in this market. I was like, here I am, a Houstonian, up and coming artist in my city, and I'm wondering why all these out of towners are getting all this play. Like, why are they playing all these dudes from Phoenix? Why are they playing all these dudes from San Diego? Why is it this one record label getting off all their artists, all their singles? Coincidentally, right when they opened up shop in town, right? And I'm like, then I put two and two together, bro. I was like, payola. I was like, this guy was in cahoots with that label. The way he would cover his ass is he would tell his DJs. Because the DJs would be like, bro, this is Houston, Texas. We can't play all this fucking Chicano, Cholo, West Coast stuff. We can't play all this Southwest stuff. They want to hear some Big Mo, some Slim Thug, maybe some Chingo Bling, Paul Wall. I don't know, right? And then he would say, pull up the call log. What are, what are kids requesting? And of course, it's going to be all these artists that are in cahoots with that label that are in cahoots with that PD. And why? I said, because they were hiring high school kids. When they got off of school, they'd go to their little room with, with uh, landlines, their little mini call center, and they're calling the radio stations requesting this handful of artists, which are all under the same label, right? And then basically the dude's like agreeing. He's like, yeah, and it was all cover your ass. And then that's how, and he would also do this to make sure, and then he would do this to make sure that he'd cover his tracks. And I'm like, I'm like, and there you have it. I was like, that's when I figured out the game is rigged. I sounded like Trump. I said, I realized, I said, (laughs) thank God I realized early that the game is rigged. I said, I had to go around y'all. I said, mind you, when I was on college radio, this is what I would do. I even stood up for this demonstration. I said, this is how I would go up against the green. Who else is listening? Is it just y'all? It was his boy who was like a tattoo artist. It was his boy who was just like getting an ear for it. Like, oh my God, I just wanted a picture. (laughs) We just came to say hello and get a picture. And now here we are like 30 minutes into a sermon. And I was like, this is what I would do on college radio. I said, I didn't really have a boss. I wasn't, this wasn't a corporation. It was a school and it was like a public show. It's Sunday night. It's the least desirable time to be on. I said, however, I realized how the big station was showing no love to the locals. So I went to all the local artists. I said, hey, man, let people know I'm going to be playing your song. Please spread the word Sunday night. I like that song. Take the cuss words out. I like your song. Take the cuss words out. That's your single. Take the cuss words out. Right? I can't play it till you take the cuss words out. And I said, and then I said, not only was I showing love to the locals, I said, but um, you had money they left on the table, meaning big local independent artists like your little flips you know like the screwed up click your swisher house people like people that were about to get a record deal they're making like big noise regionally they just hadn't gone super payola mainstream with a major label and now they're just like 
polished and all on air, right? I said, so now we have Little Flip live in studio. He's freestyling for us. Keep it locked. Boom, boom, boom. And then I said, another thing I would do is, let's say Outkast dropped a new album. All the big stations are following protocol. They're instructed to play the first single. It's like Operation Mockingbird, right? They have to create social proof to persuade you that this is a good band. So everyone's on board. Everyone's playing the first the first single, Bombs Over Baghdad. Me, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm telling the guy. I said, this is what I would do. I'm playing the next single, which ain't out yet, which I already guessed. It's going to be Sorry, Miss Jackson. So I said, guess what? 91.7 FM, you know, brr, 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 I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I am for real. I said, remember where you heard it first. Bring it back. Drop a bomb. Boom, boom. Remember where you heard it first. You might hear it across the street six months from now. Yo, yo, yo. Quick reminder. If you haven't yet, Join us now. Go to patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales. It's the only way to keep the show growing and to keep it going. You know we about that freedom of speech. So we hope you like all the content. And that's all I got to say. When you get a chance, hit up patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales. All right, back to the show. It was like the news, like what we do now, where mm. we're telling you the shit didn't come from soup. It came from a lab, <laughs> right. a fucking weapons lab. Um, and he's just sitting there listening. I was like, that's how I won. I was like, that's how we were getting letters from the fucking jail and the penitentiary. And like, it got to the point, Rob, where the program director at the main station is calling my school to speak to the department head. Wow. And, and the department head comes to me. He's like, hey, dude, uh, you pissed off a lot of people. I guess you're playing some good shit. He said, but the fucking program director from the big station just called. And he's like, who is this kid? Why is he trying to undermine what we're trying to do? And... um this that and of of course i got excited it's like i'm doing asymmetrical warfare so to me i'm like it's working i'm one step ahead always and the contrast between these kids can say whatever they want they have guests they're acting a fool they're doing that's where chingo bling was born Mm -hmm. the chingo bling persona of like me calling in talking to me like my primo's here he's late and it's like whatever whatever and they were fucking loving it Anyway, this poor radio guy, he's just getting an earful. He's getting an ear beating. 35 minutes later. Yeah, I'm just telling him how like how goofy terrestrial radio is. I'm just like shitting on his whole existence. Like not trying to be mean to him. But I was like, here's another thing that happened. I was like, I'm a young up and coming artist. One station, I guess maybe played a song once or gave me an interview once. I was like, and then another... Uh, my boy Crisco Kid, I was like, an up-and-coming DJ on another station says, hey, man, I love your stuff. I'd love to interview you. Are you free? Can you call in at 7.30 or whatever? Hell, yeah, I'll be on your show. So, of course, I do the call in. I'm a nobody. I went on MTV yet, nothing like that. I'm just a local kid talking shit, and other kids like it, right? So, now I get a call from the first station who showed me a little bit of love, and he's trying to hit me with some mafioso shit like, hey, bro, let me just school you on how this shit works. Like, we're trying to show you love, but you can't be going to the other station and we're competing with them and blah, 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 blah. Basically, you want me to be exclusive. So you want exclusivity. Like, you know how I be raising my voice so I get excited, right? So I raise my voice with the dude. And he's still around. He still says, what's up? And this and that when I'm over there doing a whole sold-out weekend in San Antonio in your town with no commercial, with no fucking help from you. You could have made money with me. So anyway, uh, he tried to get some exclusivity from a young up-and-coming artist, I, and I pretty much got crunk with him. I was like, hey, bro, you got a whole lot of nerve. Y'all could just probably up at 10 decibels, right? Use your imagination. You got a whole lot of nerve coming to me on my phone telling me I can't do an interview with my homeboy on the other station. I was like, y'all don't play me like that. I'm not an employee of y'all. And so what did I have to do? I burned enough bridges to where I had to tackle the internet. (laughs) Because I'm not going to play no sucker. Like maybe if I had like a whole bunch of really cool management. I mean, I had cool management, but like they didn't have control over me where they're like, Chingo, just be quiet and don't talk to nobody and stay in your room. We're going to be the PR. We'll be the face. We'll talk to everybody and we'll massage all the egos. You know what I'm saying? So this radio guy in San Antonio at the rap party, he's like, dude, I just want to give you props, tell you my parents enjoyed the show. <laughs> you know, my parents had a good time. They hadn't been out of the house. You made them laugh or whatever. But I'm just like, and then I'm like, and another time. I said, I'm in El Paso. 
I'm I'm up and coming. I had a song called Walk Like Leto at the time. It was, you know, silly, but it had a little beat and you're supposed to dance to it or whatever. So I'm like, I'm having a meeting with the program director in El Paso. He's loving everything. He's he sold on me. He sold on the song. He had a whole vision. He said, look, man, the mall advertises with us. We're 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 required to do promotions with them because they advertise with us. So I have an idea. We'll have um, a live audience at the mall. We'll be there doing a remote call in. We'll have you there live, and we're going to say, Chingo Bling's here. He's going to show you how to do the Walk Like Leto dance, and we're going to play your song X amount of times for X amount of days leading up to your appearance for us at the mall, right? Win, win, win. Everybody wins. I get a little bit of radio play. I get some shine. They keep their advertiser happy. The advertiser gets a crowd and the radio station. Everybody wins mid-call, right? He's like, yeah, dude, so we're thinking about doing it on Monday the 13th. Check your schedule. Yeah, man, your boy's gonna get back to me. Hold on, man, let me take this call. Hello? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Charles? What's going on? Oh, shit, man, I'm over here with your boy Chingo. Yeah, he's from over there from Houston, like y'all. Yeah, he's from Houston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah. All right, all right, okay. All right, all right hit you back. All right, guys. Yeah, fellas. So, uh, yeah, we're standing up now. Yeah, just, you know, our people hit your people. And that was it. What? That was it. No. That, I, what do you mean, no? That was it? Bro, maybe if I explain who that person was. I know. I know. Charles Chavez, the fucking radio mob boss. He managed Pitbull for many, many years. I tried to warn Pitbull about him, but, you know, Pit had a good situation and it worked. Yeah. Um, yeah that's crazy yeah and he could deny it if he wants but that's why i'm the little rebel shit talker that i am because it's like oh you're mad because i turned down your record deal that's why you still mad over that because i had a demo and i wasn't going to sign with somebody my demo wasn't even complete you just happened to hear it and you want to lock me in with some slick talk like oh i do radio promotions for all these people and i started in the meeting the first meeting I had with Charles, I started naming people he did radio promo for that nobody was supposed to know. So I'm like, yeah, you also did a single for Toe Down. You also uh, helped these people. And he's like, oh, how'd you know about that? I was like, I, I'm on the radio and I talk to people. And he's like, oh, we can go get you distribution right now. We can take you to Southwest Wholesale. We'll have you a pen and pixel graphics cover. You'll have uh, posters. You'll have eight by tens. I was like, oh, over there, uh, Robert, Robert Gilliman. Oh, pen and pixel, Sean Brock. Wait, you know Robert? You know Sean? Yeah. I interviewed them for my show. So I already know how that shit works. You're going to be the middleman. I'm going to be signed under your boutique label. They're going to give you a budget. They're going to charge back the posters and the graphics to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Is this kind of like the, the, the whole 360 kind of explained like in detail? 360 is basically like Rob has a, a rock album coming out. But he's signing to me, and if it's a 360 deal, then I'm going to get a cut off of Rob's T-shirt sales, stickers, hats, merchandising, ticket sales, and uh, mechanical right like royalties, uh, ringtones, streaming, CD. I'm getting 360. I'm going to mm-hmm. cut off mm-hmm. the entire fucking circle. It used to be that the CDs and the vinyl or the, or the records, the albums, they sold so well, and that's where the main cash cow was that they didn't mind letting the artist have his touring. Like, you're fucking Nine Inch Nails or somebody. Hey, bro, have at it. Just don't come trying to audit us when it comes to your CD sales because we're going to hit you with a fucking invoice sheet that shows that you owe us money. Mm -hmm. So the minute you're like, hey, dude, I sold 5 million albums. Where's my money? It turns into big bank, take little bank. The labels have more lawyers than you do. In fact, they have your money still, so they're going to use your money to pay for the lawyers to fight you. So the minute you try to audit them and say, hey, man, we fucking sold 10 million albums, bro. What the fuck is this $15,000 bullshit you're saying I made or whatever? It's like, hey, dude, you so you went on tour. Y'all sold shirts and stuff. What's the problem? We went 10 million. We went 10 times platinum, bro. I know, but look at our accounting, bro. Look at how many posters and look at how many music videos. Look at all these people that were that were passing out. You know what I mean? Like. We had record promoters. We had all these things. And it's just funny accounting. It's really, we're charging Nine Inch Nails back for stuff that all these other bands that didn't make it, it, we're actually putting all their shit on your invoice. And you just don't really know. 
That's fucking crazy. So cut yeah. back to you're still talking to this guy and bringing <laughs> up names and bringing up oh, yeah. scenarios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, it was homie Marco over there at uh, the radio station in Houston that tried to call me and say, he's still on the radio somewhere. They got him program directing for somebody. But it was like, hey, man, hey, nephew. He was cool. I mean, we were cool. He's mm-hmm. still nice to me to this day. But I ain't like that shit. Like, hey, nephew. So then down the road, when I would try to pitch him a song, he literally would say, he'd wait for my whole spiel to be done. He'd be like, remember that time you raised your voice at me when I was just trying to tell you you can't go on other stations? And it's like, <laughs> that's why you, okay, I get it. I'm blackballed. So now every time I go viral, it's just a slap in the face. Look, he had no choice but to play the Nelly's Grills remix, no matter how blackballed I was. Mm. He had no choice because it was going to look real goofy that Phoenix was playing it, San Jose was playing it, San Diego, L.A. L.A. was the number two market in the country was playing it like 121 spins per week or something crazy, which is like basically that was Universal Records making sure Nelly got play except the DJs preferred my version. Mm-hmm. They didn't want the version with uh, Gip, Gip and the other guy. Uh, they wanted my version was me, Paul Wall, and Nelly, and that's wow. it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, of course, San Antonio had to play it. Everybody else was playing it. Houston was playing it. Dallas was playing it. Phoenix was playing it. Albuquerque was playing it. Everybody, L.A., you're going to look obvious, bro. You obviously don't like Chingo Bling if you're playing the boo-boo version <laughs> that ain't nobody playing. So... Uh, but yeah, I told him all kind of names, bro. And it, it is what it is. I'm 42. I'm podcasting. We got the Patreon. Trust me, that ship has sailed. I, I have never been of the ass kissing type and maybe to my detriment, but I've never been the kind that's going to be like, bitch, I know you don't like me. I know you want to see me fail. And I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat nothing around you. So, Damn. hey, maybe it's uh, por mis huevos. Tal vez, <laughs> hey, tal vez si soy mexicano entonces, ¿verdad? Dude. No que sell out, no que gringo blink. That's intense. But yeah, the dude got hit with fucking, dude, I gave him the example of when Charles called the PD. By the way, that PD stood, or Charles stood in his wedding. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that, Charles yeah. got power because all the PDs and shit were his boys. He's just an OG radio dude. He's mm-hmm. good at what he does. He's good at picking beats. He knows how to pick singles. You know, I don't take none of that away from him. But he's also a shark. So sure. if he's on your side, maybe it's good to have a shark on your side. Kind of mm-hmm. like a Trump. Always, yeah. <laughs> For sure, always. Yeah, but, but anyway, uh, the radio guy was kind of like, okay, bro, I get it. You don't want to have shit to do with radio. Because this shit's so fucking phony and fake. It's not a merit, meritocracy. So what did I do? I, I pulled out my phone, my iTunes, Apple playlist thing. I was like, hey, you playing any Chris style popping? I think she's rep by Charles, too, by the way. I was like, hey, what's up with Baby Gas from San Jose? You playing any him? He never heard of none of these people. Mm. This guy's a program director, right? No offense. He's cool. He, he was nice to me. But I was like... I was. I said, you playing the racheton? You know what I'm saying? I said, like, he got some heat coming. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? I was like, you got all these people. I'm, I'm naming people. Granted, some of these folks may not have, like I named a lot of people. Maybe some don't have a label. Maybe some don't have a team. Maybe some don't have like, whatever. But it's like, whatever happened to people breaking music? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Whatever happened to that? Why is that not a thing? Yeah, why is that? That was going to be my next question. What? What what would you say right now is the future of what terrestrial radio once was versus what it is now and then what it could possibly turn into? Okay, what is the future of terrestrial radio? Well, they still uh they still depend on ads, advertising. Yeah, 100%. So it's going to be I just got hit. It's all insurance. Mm-hmm. It's all like come get your teeth whitened. Hey, we got Dennis uh, such and such, you know. Hey, we got the weight loss program. I lost 16 pounds. Tell them about your smoothies. That's it. So if that goes away, if insurance, uh, ambulance chasers don't have money, or they, here's the real threat. If the ambulance chasing lawyers decide to advertise with us, <laughs> let's just say, right. or, or a different method. Like if, if they take their money out of traditional advertising, basically what, what radio stations do is they try to create programming on a budget. Right, because they'll have one DJ based out of Albuquerque, but he's having to be like San Jose. Good morning, mm. Phoenix. And when they're done with that, they're doing afternoons in Houston. Oh, a lot of traffic in Dallas. Bitch, you live in the five hundred five. 
Or you doing mornings in Portland and you doing mornings over here and over there. And it's like, you're not even local. So you're doing everything on a budget. And then even your program directors, especially with hip hop. Here's where I'm going to get passionate if I wasn't passionate before. One thing I loved about rap music and what I loved about independent, just like like when I was a young kid and uh, I was helping my sister drive to Florida. She wanted to take her kids to, um, to Disney. And I'm like, oh, shit, we're driving we're driving uh, east. We're going to go through Louisiana. I'm going to hear all this really cool fucking New Orleans music. I might hear some bounce. You know, shit, is St. Louis on the way? No, it's not. Okay, I wanted to hear what the Lou had going on, considering that Nelly was blowing up and you probably had like some other up-and-comers. Or like, yo, I wonder what Alabama got. What is Florida? What are they jamming in Florida? And you were able to hear like, oh shit, they're playing this kid ludicrous. In Mississippi, as we're driving through, they're not playing him in Texas yet. I'm going to keep an eye on him. That's how it used to be. Now, it's all fucking vanilla. It's all curated. It's all, like, hand-picked. It's it's very, like, um, nothing regional. Hmm. People can no longer enjoy music and be like, when I go to Houston, I'm going to hear some Houston shit. No, you're not. You're going to hear Atlanta shit. It's true. They done took the whole soul out of the sound, out of the scene. Yeah, Just right. tune out. Yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. You have really good DJs on there in Houston. You're gonna have like Kiati, Mr. Rogers. I mean, we still have people that care. They mean well, right? But when I was coming up, you had you know Steve Nice. You had the Thunderstorm mix. You know, you had like we're coming at you live from the club. You're in the club, right? And you're hearing how the big song in the club is gonna break through into radio. It got so big in the clubs, radio couldn't deny it. Now it's like SoundCloud. I don't know YouTube. They got I don't know this person got a lot of SoundCloud spins and they got A and R and they're you know whatever whatever this person's this person's big in philly but they signed to rick ross and then now jay-z's managing them so you're gonna hear them in la you know what i mean and it's like okay when i'm in la can i hear some la shit it's just slowly if i'm not mistaken because i travel and I, i make sure to keep my ear to the streets but it's kind of like for example baby gas from san jose to my knowledge i don't know if they're playing him in the bay it's a lot of latinos in the bay this kid's having to get it out the mud and having to do this shit independently, like grassroots type of thing, like pop-ups, meet and greets, and, you know, doing a campaign for the street vendors, and he got a rap paleta cart, and, you know what I mean? And you fucking making it, making it happen organically. It's like, what's the point? Don't, don't hop on the radio and be like, we are the Bay Area sound of, you know, or we're Houston, where hip-hop lives. No, it don't. Yeah. Just say it's where corporate bullshit lives. Just tell the truth. Let people know it's not a meritocracy. It doesn't matter how fucking good you are. It, it think, you know, to me, the way you're supposed to, one of the ways you're supposed to appreciate hip hop is kind of understanding the regions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should be able to listen to an artist from New Jersey and understand is Redman, uh, uh, you know, like boot camp click like who are your who your influences are you kind of a new york style if so what borough like it should be a regional thing like okay for example if you're from st louis that's blues blues uh back in the day had its roots from the mississippi delta but also chicago it was like this thing where you should be able to understand and and appreciate that shit like what kind of influence does florida have on atlanta you know what i'm saying so now is, I mean, Atlanta, that's probably the only market because they pretty much run hip hop. That's probably the only market where they're playing local shit. Why? Because they're playing it everywhere else. And mm-hmm. I think it seems like they actually go out and try to see what's pop. Like, I think songs in Atlanta still make it out the strip club onto the radio. Like they, That's why they have so many artists. Mm. That's why they have so many one-hit wonders. That's why they have so many super mega producers. Because do you, do you know anything about well, like TikTok and stuff? How the labels are like, you're gonna push this song. This is gonna be in your popular suggested song, and then you start hearing it on reels, and you start hearing it on other apps, and then it starts making it into commercials. Yeah, I speculate. I speculate that um, a lot of these executives who run, like people that I've dealt with firsthand, people that signed me, yeah, like they're very shrewd when it comes to understanding tech and things like that. For example, 
a gentleman I had a meeting with a long time ago. His name is Lear Cohen. He, he kind of helped uh, establish Def Jam Records. So Lear Cohen is now the head of YouTube Music. Mm. So he works for Google. There you go. And, you know, who's up under him? Who came up under, who came up under Lear Cohen? Todd Moskowitz. He had Asylum Records. Now he has 300 Entertainment. 300 Entertainment is like a boutique label. And I believe they have people like Megan Thee Stallion. You know, people that are big on TikTok, mm-hmm. right? And not to take nothing away from her or her label and her CEO and how much work and money and, and everything, talent went into it. But sometimes it's coincidental where it's like, oh shit, they just signed this other artist. It went through the 300 uh, umbrella or pipeline. And it's trending the very next day. As soon as the ink dries, it's on TikTok. It's like everyone's already fucking doing the dance and shit. Everybody knows the move already. <laughs> and it's like, damn, she just signed yesterday. It's like, yeah, it was it was bubbling in Houston, though. It was, okay, it was bubbling in Houston, but now it's in Japan. Yeah. Like, y'all literally, it's like TikTok. What's y'all's cut? For sure. Really? Like, seriously, what the fuck is their cut? And if anything, to go to pull it full circle... If you're in terrestrial radio, look at the amount of influence TikTok has and just, it's almost like you ain't even breaking music. The apps are breaking more music than you are. You're just playing what's on the app. Why should we listen to you? You ain't giving us no value, nothing new. No, dude. You're behind. The radio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. This is the best thing I chat when it comes to music. I just love sticking it to him, bro, because it's just so goddamn lame. What is, okay, uh-huh. can you replicate what you went through when your college radio days as far as like what you were doing, undermining these other big wigs that were saying, we're not playing that on the big stations or in the big markets or whatever. Or we're not onto that single yet. Or, or right, right, we're not onto that single or that artist or, or whatever. We're not allowing them to bubble up yeah. the way that you apparently think it's going to bubble up. Mm-hmm. Like, can you do that online? Is somebody doing that online? Like, I know you mentioned SoundCloud, obviously the spins there and then YouTube or whatever, but... What's to stop? Because this is so random, but years ago, um, some of the some some music like like house music and shit was like cool from time to time. To me, it was like like Tiesto and DJs like that. So Tiesto used to have a show, which I'm sure he still does, maybe where he would just like he would pop off these new DJs and he would introduce these new uh, songs on his show on his podcast. It was a podcast. Oh, it was a podcast. It was a podcast. Yeah. So it was like you could just play music like that. That's that's my thing. I don't remember like Uh, because there's so many rules to music now on uh Apple Podcasts and Uh on Spotify where they don't want like music on your podcast. But then I think of like Patreon and paywalls and stuff. But my point was it would be like a Tiesto World or Tiesto Hour or whatever. Like coming from you know Great Britain, blah blah blah. And he'd play the song and then he'd talk and then he'd load up another one just like you would in the radio on the Mm. old old school radio days. I'm like, who can do that now? And and why wouldn't you want to try to do that? The only thing I could think of is if I take my Spotify playlist that we made with um my boy out of Austin. Um, if I hit him up and just say, hey man, update it because we haven't updated in a while. And if I tell him. Put some baby gas on there, some crystal pop and some rachetón. Like, just, you know, see if Cap G got something new. Like, you know what I mean? Put one of my joints off of the Versace Mariachi album and so on and so forth. Like, curate some shit. Um, and then we got to promote that bitch so yeah. that people can be like, man, Chingo always did bring us new people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's always people arguably, right? Depending on who and the situation. But like, there might have been some people that heard of Cap G in Texas first because of us. You know what I mean? Because Cap G was working with us and he's like, hey man, I want to hit Texas. I'm like, let's do a three-city tour. You know, me, that boy T, Cap G, a lot of letters, right? <laughs> T's and CB's and T's and G's. And um, um, so anyway, my point is update the Spotify playlist and, and hopefully put my money where my mouth is in terms of like, I enjoy breaking... Dude, I enjoy breaking new comedians. Yeah, that is fun. Like, for example, some of the people I roll with, they would have smashed that HBO thing. Yeah, for sure. It would have been like, oh, wow. Okay, these dudes are obviously headliners. You know, but you're going to have a couple people on there that are like um, actors and stuff. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. I, I take pride in that shit. That's just, I don't know. Maybe it's part of my ego where it's like, I love being one of the motherfuckers that are like, remember where you heard it first type of thing. I'm pulling this up real quick. See if he's, because there's one from 20. If you pull up Tiesto Music Podcast, it's called Club Life. 
Um, yeah, there's still new episodes coming out. Huh. I, don't, I don't think that's what it was called before, okay. but uh, let me just pull up a random video. Where club life will take them now. Cabrón. Pinche internet. No mames. Freedom of speech tour. Yeah, you're going to be speaking of San Antonio. That's coming up. What is it? I'm going to do what? San Antonio. You said speaking? I said speaking of San Antonio. Oh, speaking of San Antonio. Yeah, I'm going to be back in the Tone, Tone City, October 14th through the 16th at the LOL Comedy Club. The moment that you've been waiting for all week. Presenting the best of electronic music. Uniting dance lovers across the globe. This is Club Life by Tiesto. You remember the, trima, the tribal movement? Yeah. I, I got something to tell you about that. So right here, he's curating and breaking. Yeah, so it's just, it's an hour of him curating all these artists from around the world. He used to be on the show, though. He used to, like, do the intro, chat and shit. But I guess it's just a long-ass, you know, just an hour podcast of new artists and new music and where they're from and shit. Man, that's great, man. That's super cool, I thought. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's actually like good for him, and it, it actually benefits his brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like he's not being selfish. Paying it forward. He, he's being a source. <clears throat> like, you're having to keep going to him. He's a lightning rod for this stuff. Yeah, and, and, and he's curating, so his taste is at the forefront of the, that whole thing. Uh, sp- speaking of all this politics and music business, you remember the Tribal movement, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So at the time, right, the Tribal Monterrey, it was the, the three kids. It was the young kids, uh, Eric Rincon and the other cats, um, out of Monterrey. And um, my homeboy was like kind of discovered them and, and groomed them and helped them get the deal. Anyway, here's where the crazy shit comes, right? Well, they weren't the only ones making Tribal music at the time. Right. You had a handful, like a good amount of other Tribal producers or acts or artists. Maybe some weren't as marketable. Maybe some weren't as young. Maybe some didn't have the fucking A&R in their corner or whatever. But it was purposefully done that you never saw anybody else out of the Tribal movement. It's like it was purposefully done that it was like they were going to put all the focus just on them. Mm. Instead of treating it like a like a movement where it's like reggaeton, you got Don Omar, you got this guy, Daddy Yankee, and Nicky Jam, and all these different people, Tego Calderon, it was a, like an overall movement. Everybody was getting deals. With this, it was kind of like, I'm not saying shut everybody out, mm-hmm. but make sure Don Omar else get no shine, make sure Don Omar else get signed. It's just these kids. So sometimes that happens. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking at this. He, so he has a playlist too. It's a similar thing to what you're saying. Like I guess he curate. He has this Club Life by Tiesto playlist on Spotify. I don't know. I'm just. I'm still on that. Like it is unfortunate that all these artists and we've seen people that you know just from this. I don't know MAGA movement or whatever. Where you got like Bryson, who you know called on his audience to like help me break this uh, Lil Nas X number one thing. He was number one on uh, Apple and Bryson was like number thirty or something. And then this morning I saw that Bryson's number one on Amazon. And then you have uh, Tom McDonald, you know, Hangover Gang. Like, that guy, he, he reminds me of you, like, doing everything completely independently. Signing all of his things, just him and his girl, you know, recording the music, the videos, all that. It's not even on streaming services, though. He went that far where it's not on, he can only, you can only order his music with his CDs. That's the only way you can hear it. So he, you can't stream his shit no more? Uh, the CDs, I'm sorry. Because I, I know he, I saw the iTunes, like, he always posts those, those things, those uh, screenshots of, like, number one, number five, or whatever it is. But I remember him saying in a story the other day that, like, you can only get this through my website. Like, something about not streaming anymore, possibly. I don't know. Kind of like Prince, where he would try to, like, take the power back. Yeah, yeah. Tom McDonald. Artist. Okay, new single, Propaganda. He has a lot of songs on there. Okay. And then there's an album here, but that looks old. Dream People and the Whiskey Wars. Um... A lot of singles. Crazy industry. So so he put out an album already? He did, yeah. He's been uh, signing every album. He did a couple of reels where he's just like, 
he signed so many of them, his back seized up and he had to go, you know, see a, a professional. <sighs> nah, he's pretty fucking genius, man. He's pretty genius the way he executes like, here's the next single, here's what I'm going to say that's going to get everybody excited and triggered and, and all that. And then beautiful music video. It's just all very well executed. It's like, here's the idea, here's the song, here's the fucking visual, and then boom, and he's bla- from, blast off. And he's from Canada too, so it's like a double fuck you to everybody on that leftist socialist kind of ideology. Yeah, and all the stuff he talks about, it's super culturally relevant. Um, and just considering like how much is at stake right now, like it's just weird in 2021 with everything happening, it's weird to just be like, jamming a regular rap club song yeah right it's kind of like okay well fuck uh especially at my age i'm like okay i don't even want to be at the club but even if i was young it'd be like okay motherfucker rap about some inflation (laughs) like you over here talking about this that and it's like hey to go back to something you mentioned uh Mm -hmm. earlier in the show are you familiar with Operation Mockingbird? Or were you just saying it's like Operation Mockingbird because um, of the way it copies? The way, yeah, from what I understand, you could probably correct me, is basically like one news story talks about a rumor or alleged anonymous source thing, mm-hmm. and then the other ones like reference that same article, and it just becomes like the thing. That's, what I thought, that's how I thought you were referencing it, but then I remembered, I was like, what was it? Because that's one of those big conspiratorial uh, CIA PSYOP things. So I'll read it to you and just in case you didn't already yeah, know. Yeah, but Operation know. Mockingbird is an alleged large-scale program of, of the CIA that began in the early years of the Cold War and attempted to manipulate the news media and propaganda for propaganda purposes. According to author Deborah Davis, Operation Mockingbird recruited leading American journalists into, pro, into a propaganda network and influenced the operations of front groups. CIA support for the front groups was exposed in 1967 uh, Ramparts magazine article reported that the National Student Association received funding from the CIA in 1975. Church Committee congressional investigations revealed that agency connections with journalists and civic groups. So it goes on to say, um, yeah, it was a big CIA propaganda news media campaign. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because, I mean, if you're trying to have a war pop off or anything you're trying to get accomplished, you got to have propaganda to help you persuade the masses so that they can back you on this weapons of mass destruction or, or, or we're going in to find osama bin laden or whatever the fuck you're trying to get done or or these people need democracy rob we over there trying to give them some democracy you yeah, want oil no i don't building. i want democracy i want a nation build yeah and shit that shit is alive and well these days you still uh, propaganda luke we are change posted this meme i was going to send it to you because i thought it was so funny but it's like the more information you ban the less i trust you and it's like spongebob with the <laughs> rainbow yeah meanwhile some people are like ah oh, they're just you know they're trying to hide this misinformation from your for your good you know for your mental health and for your health for all. your safety yeah, yeah. For safety yeah there's a uh, conspiracy Dumb. what is it the um the misinformation 12 or something the yeah yeah the people yeah the, the rizza islam yeah and these different people uh so good to go back how did you wrap up that interaction with old boy uh basically he's like okay um so i want to be in my podcast <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah lock me in you know uh text me text me back so i can lock you in but he ain't ever text me back so i don't even got all his info but hey i'll still be back in san antonio mm. You know, I'm I'm a man of the people, man. Like, I'm all about grassroots. Like, what did I hit? The flea market. What did I do? College radio. You know what I mean? Mixtapes. Um, like, I I fought a record deal tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I fucking held on as long as I could. Like, I do not want to have anything to do with a boss, any of these people. Fucking, like, now I got to feel like I got to switch my whole style up so I could fit in and you know, is radio going to play that if I say that? Well, that's what I, that's the kind of shit I would always say in my mixtapes and it worked back then. It's like, yeah, but now you're on a label and you, um, but your question was, how did that interaction end? Yeah. <laughs> Basically like that. It was like, all right. So, uh, all right, dude. Well, good meeting you, you know, good to see you. But again. it was like, yeah, motherfucker, I want you to just, un- and I literally said, this is probably why I have a chip on my shoulder yeah. when it comes to a lot of this shit. Because if you understand, some of these experiences where people try to have you be exclusive to their station just because you ain't even doing shit for me. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't get into this to be uh, beholden to some fucking broadcasting corporation. Fuck that. You're not paying me. If you want me like that, put me on air. Matter of fact, why haven't, why hasn't anybody, you know, why hasn't it, like, I mean, there were offers in the past, but like on some other shit, it was like, hey man, uh, there's an opening for a morning show in like, uh, was it like Sacramento or something like that? You'd have to move out there and this is what we're paying and it's between you and this other guy and this and that. But besides that, you know, it's like, you're going to have to work with me or work against me. <laughs> Either work with me, work against me. I like talk radio so much, you know, even before I found podcast, um, that I thought, you know, same thing kind of like you in college. Like, yeah, being on the radio would be dope. Now I look at it and I'm like, man, these poor fucking radio guys are getting up at, you know, three in the morning to make it to the studio by four and get ready for their five o'clock show if they're doing the morning or whatever. Yeah. It just seems like such an archaic way to go about entertainment or just spoken word in general. Not talking about slam poetry because fuck that yeah. noise. I mean, shit, if, if we could pull a Michael Berry and, you know, do shit at that level where yeah. we still talk all the shit that we talk mm-hmm. and have people tune in. Like, I, dude, I was in California and I was listening. Uh, it was while I was in Oxnard. And I found this station, which was like 97.9, coincidentally. And it was like the home of Larry Elder and yeah. this and that. It was like, oh, shit. And like, uh, this is such and such filling in for Sean Hannity or like... Uh, up next on the Ben Shapiro show and I'm like oh shit this station is lit <laughs> but yeah if if we were doing it like on some Michael Berry level where it's like fuck yeah I'll get up I'll get up early and this and that because some of his segments he's able to do from home yeah you know I think he got one of them for sure you could do and, um, it all on stuff like this yeah he's able to do shits and you know sometimes he'll be on vacation he'll do some shit from over there so he's still uh, he's a boss within a radio world. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this too. The, the play here for anybody that's m- trying to make any kind of content that you want heard, build an audience, whatever, is cutting up your slice of the internet real estate. Because when so- it comes down to servers and it comes down to you know spaces and places that people w- will or won't allow you to be on, if you don't have your own shit, you are so fucked. Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash Red Pills and Minus. Yeah, that's where it starts, man. Uh, you you want to fund independent you know, media and, and support it and keep it going. That's what you have to do. I was actually doing the calculations yesterday. I spend more on um, like my consu- like my uh, I don't know, influencer, fucking whatever. My content that I pay for, <laughs> premium content, I should say. I spend more on that than I do on my cell phone bill. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And most people have about $100 is like the average, $110 is the average cell phone bill. Mm-hmm. So I pay almost just about the amount, the, the same if not more, for all the Timcast, the Rockfin, the Patreons, the Substacks, the uh, YouTube Premium, the all the whole thing. It's just like, man, if you don't, they're going to be gone. Like if there weren't enough of those people supporting those channels and those cr- content creators, we would all be stuck in an MSNBC uh, chamber. Yeah, because think about it. Like some of the folks you, you support, like Tim Dillon. Uh, who else? Tim Dillon, Tim Poole, uh, Louder with Crowder on Blaze. Uh, Is it like Callan Tripoli? Callan Tripoli on Rockfin. Uh, some uh, like uh, Quoth the Raven on Substack, Quoth the Raven on Patreon. It's just the list goes on, right? And like those people are putting out the content that you want to be aware of and also that you want to have at your disposal so that when you have a run-in with somebody who is either uninformed or so hyper-informed on the opposite that hopefully you could have a conversation that leads to a you know, a positive outcome or just like, you know, some mutual understanding. Or not even trying to red pill people, but imagine, this is where it gets serious. Imagine stuff's happening, right? Like they're forcing a vaccine or some economic things, right? Or a vaccine passport, is it good or is it bad? You're going to listen to MSNBC? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And you're going to be fucked. So, yep. So imagine, besides trying to red pill people, right? But imagine if you're in a situation where you're having to make a decision for your family and your community. Like, let's just say you're going to buy a house and you're about to move. Okay, you're going to move more into the city or you want to get out of the city? Like, yeah. I mean, just depending. You know, are you, how are you going to invest your money? Are you going to be on Instagram showing off wads of paper, paper fiat? Mm-hmm. Or you gotta, you're trying to look into this gold bar or this crypto and this and that? Um, yeah, and half of it is like political, right? Half of it is like uh, worldly, you know, perspective, and the other half is content. Like Tim Dillon's not getting big sponsors on, you know, YouTube and stuff. He's getting all of his nine eleven jokes and videos demonetized. Brian Callen's canceled. You know, Triple E's YouTube channel. 
Talent I mean, still cares. He's he's been coming back, but, but I mean, like that's to the point he was when he was at the height of the fighter and the kid. Triple E's YouTube channel, he it just got remonetized apparently yesterday, but it was demonetized forever. It's like if you don't have your fans supporting that content, they just can't make that content. So question, back to Callum being canceled. What got taken away? I think, shows, his, I think his yeah, I think his show, the uh, the his spinoff from the Goldbergs, I want to say, where he was the the lead. So that show got taken off. I believe it got canceled that because show. of that. Yeah, <clears throat> but he hasn't been charged for a crime. No, because there's nothing. It's all just allegations. It's just hearsay. It's just she said this, and that's the way the legal system kind of works. He's talked about it pretty openly, and I mean, he he talks about it so calmly because it's just it, that's what we're supposed to be, you know, in this justice system where. You just there's legal proceedings that you have to abide by, and some of the blowback or some of the fallout rather is you lose shit, and it is what it is. You, there's nothing you could do about but it. But is he like about to be on trial? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to go to trial. Jesus Christ! So, so the man's life is partially ruined for nothing. And so do y'all. This fits in perfectly to everything I said the first half of the show, right? Do y'all see how someone like myself does not like being tangled in? or at the mercy of any large conglomerate that yeah. could just shelve you, drop you, make you less of a priority, really over anything. God forbid it's just something alleged, some accusation. So it's almost like, Callum, we've been telling you, bro, you need to fuck more with this independent shit and quit worrying about that network shit. Yeah. And some, some comedians, man, they'd be so excited. I'm not talking about him, but like, some are like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love having the credits. Oh, yeah. I love having to be able to like, worst case scenario, I'm still based out of Texas. I'm still independent. I ain't got no boss, but I can still say I licensed a project to Netflix and I was on HBO. So I still got the credits, but you can't fucking just kick me off because it's like I already got what I wanted. Or forbid you from doing anything. Like Tempo is another example. Before he got into his full-blown uh, independent stuff, he was working for Vice, right? And then he worked for Disney, some sub-segment of Disney. And when he found out whatever, you know, uh, coverage or journalism that Disney was doing for this particular, this is kind of just like paraphrasing, but he wasn't with it, right? So he went to the Disney heads and said, I, I want out of my contract. And they're like, no. He's like, I want to do my own thing. They're like, no. Can I quit? No. Can you fire me? No. So he had to wait out his contract. He obviously was getting paid, but he couldn't do anything until his contract was up with him. And then he said, fuck this. I'm going to go do my own shit and tell the people what's really going on. And there you go, bro. I love being independent. Yeah. I mean... It's got its pros and cons, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, from the time I graduated college, man, just self-employed, want to do my own fucking thing. God bless the internet. These days, it's a little bit more precarious. Yeah. But... It's like, man, I don't want to be at the mercy of nobody. They do their budget changes or their little ratings come out or, you know, it's like even at the label, it's like, okay, you're with a record label. It's like, but you still got to work. It's still all based off you. So it's almost like you could have just stayed independent because it was all going to be based off you anyway. Yeah. Now you're at a label and you're trying to compete with the other artists to be a priority. So prayers up for Brian Callen. Um, and all the creators that are fucking trying to go you know, to the top and then hitting these roadblocks. And all the victims of the game. <laughs> so look, all these big conglomerates are going to be stuck with lames. They're yeah. going to be stuck with all the lames that didn't, couldn't figure out how to make their independent shit pop off. And y'all not going to be breaking no new music. Y'all not putting out no, whether you're news-based, all your shit's biased as fuck. I mean, shows, like the Emmys, we didn't even really talk about it, but like, what's good? What's out that's good right now? I kept seeing these clips of that show, Ted Lasso, winning a bunch of Emmys and stuff, and it's okay. Like, I watched an episode and kind of didn't really get into it. Maybe I should give it another try, but everyone that's that was reacting to it, like Tim Dillon, for example, or Tripoli, or they're just like... None of this shit's good. Like what? It, and Tripoli made a good point. He was like, I've never in my lifetime seen these big companies go out of their way to piss off their customers. Mm. All of these streaming services, all these production companies, the writers, these late night shows, all these people, it seems like they're going out of their way to piss off all of the audience. Meaning how? Meaning they're just, they're making things where they're, they're going towards the avenue of let's appease the virtue signalers, right? The, 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 the loud 10%. The squeaky wheel. And the squeaky wheel and ignore everyone else. Because that's what it seems like. I, I'd like to have some more like uh, concrete, like for example, like specific, like well, there's an episode on Ted Lasso where it was all about 
the fucking purple haired teacher. Oh yeah, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, I don't know shit about Ted Lasso, but or, that was or, just the example because they won so many Emmys, I guess. Or just in general, man. I don't know. I just think, I just think like the media did a bang up job on Trump, <laughs> and you got what is it ninety five percent whatever is all leftist mainstream. Everything in the mainstream is leftist. Uh, everything is fucking, we're all victims, Al Sharpton, uh, open borders, globalists. It's like the minute you realize that, A, the news is full of shit, and B, there's a larger chess game at play. You know what I mean? You're just a fucking pawn. Facts. You know, it's like right now the globalists are going at it, and, and they trying to like frame this person. They want to shut Nikki up. They trying to get everybody to go along with this. But then you got people like Project Veritas. It's like, well, you might, have y'all heard of this? Did y'all hear what's going on with Vares? And that's why we made RPT. That's right. And that's why we ain't got no bosses, uh, except for maybe the patrons. <laughs> but uh, besides that, man, we not part of some fucking, you know, censorship conglomerate. We just have to be careful because we are playing in their sandboxes. Everything's controlled by the left. So yeah. it's one of those like the minute we decide we don't want you talking about certain shit, you better hope you had some hits. Yeah. <laughs> you could get yeah. some other income. <laughs> But we're not going to let you talk that real shit. Good shit, man. What do you else got going on the rest of the day after this? Uh, What's today? Thursday? I got to pick up my daughter, like, you know, after school. Um, Any movie? Any content coming? I need to. I need to because um, I think Joseph's supposed to be coming over here in, in shortly. Cool. And, uh, yeah, definitely some skits and shit. Want to shoot some videos. Just trying to coordinate it all. Badass, man. For sure. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It got spicy, <laughs> I know. But, uh, hey, that's how the world works. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed it. This was chingo chats y'all take care please spread the word and don't forget patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales traffic jams tailgating pile-ups oh the joys of driving how could it get worse the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive that's right the biden administration's epa is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today don't let washington become your backseat driver Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.